Hello, and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry each week. I'm Nick Axelrod-Welk, joined by Diamond Creekbaum. Hi. As always, I was not Hi. on last week's episode. I had a flood um, emergency, but I am back in the saddle, back in action. Yeah, good. This It's moments like these where I thank my lucky stars that I am not a homeowner, that I am just a renter, because... Literally, like, apparently, like, this is so gross, but we live in the town in the city of Los Angeles, and basically, water was coming up from our bathtub, our sink, and the toilet, um, and overflowed into the den. And it was back up from the city's sewage system or something oh, horrible, no. yeah. So it's like other people's shit. Oh, it was like a sewage soup. Oof. Um, yeah, so that's been a real fun extracurricular activity to oh, be no. working with. I know, I know, I know. Oh, no. Well, do you have it all cleared up for when? Yes, I, I it'll, speak. it'll be next week. It'll be, it'll be like nothing ever happened. Um, okay, I, we need, and the reason why it's good you're coming to stay with us is that I needed like a deadline for after, at which point we needed to have all this done. Oh, you were just letting the, you were just letting the, um, the repairs take forever. Shit, yeah. Like pile up in your, yeah, exactly. No, bank it's with two small babies. Ugh, it's so bad. Anyway, I can't, I can't wait to see the babies and to squeeze their little, Dude, can feet. I say one thing not to bring the mood down? But I have like a, a a chat that I am in called Scandaval. It's just people. It, we it was it began as sort of a, play, a safe space to discuss Scandaval, but yesterday we got a little political, <laughs> um, and according to someone on my on my thread on my uh, text group, why are you protecting their identity? What did they say? They said that. Um, hold on. This is exactly what they said. We have to move north. And a person who is close with Adam McKay, who directed that movie, Don't Look Up, um, mm-hmm. so he's an expert, obviously, on climate change, um, okay. said that he says <laughs> that we only have six good years of climate left. I agree. I was just thinking that the six, other day. I was walking. That's <laughs> six? I mean, listen, I'm in Texas right now, and it is unbearable. It's unbearable. It's it's either it's either 100 degrees and there's like excessive heat warnings. They're telling everyone to ration their their air conditioner use, or it's like thunderstorms. It's one or the other every day. I can't even That's like terrifying. get my steps in. I have to go to the mall to get my steps in. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I yeah. I mean that, and we have to move north. And I having spent two months in the Pacific Northwest during the winter time, I will tell you that that's not a world I want to live in. Well, it's going to get warmer, though, so you know that's all going to change. Oh, okay. So, it'll so the weather up there will kind of be like nice L.A. weather. Okay. But And also, you know, I'm speaking of being a renter and not a homeowner. Like, thank God, New York is sinking. So, oh, I know. And, I, and my, my lease is only for a year. So. <laughs> and um, what floor are you on? I'm on the fifth floor. Okay, good. So you have... In and out, so if the <laughs> oh, entrance true. is like... <laughs> But you could, and there's a really good there's a really good sushi restaurant downstairs for me, like in the basement. Has have the wildfires cleared up in New York? The wildfires. I'm not sure because I haven't been there for a week, but it was really funny. I was looking at an apartment. It doesn't there's nothing funny about wildfires, but continue. 
no, this was this was like a dark humor moment. Um, I was looking at an apartment, not for myself, um, but for a friend, and it was a very nice apartment, like to to buy, you know, um, like a, a real home. Um, and it was the day that the wildfires were really bad, and it the apartment had like multiple terraces, and we were out on one of the terraces, <laughs> and the realtor was like really, you know, being a realtor, really selling the place, and he was like, he was like, look, it's it's, it's, it's just gorgeous, it's, it's great, you know, and it was just like we're literally standing in the middle, in the middle of an apocalypse, everything smells like smoke, the sun is like neon pink, you can't see. You can't see the river because everything, the sky is all yeah. just like smoke. No, it's bad. And also, and then, and then it I just mean, like, it dawned on me like, this is the world's ending. This is fucking insane. We should probably talk about the beauty industry. All right, let's go. We got a lot to cover because we didn't do an episode last week. And I, yes. you don't have to do it all, Nick, but I do have quite a few stories here. Okay, where do you want to start? I think a heartfelt, a heartfelt congratulations to Kate Moss. She was reelected the creative director of Diet Coke. I love that, and the humor is not lost on me. No, on the, do- the nor double on entendre me. of Diet Coke, <laughs> right? And I just like I hope I hope that there were like furious contract negotiations. I hope that she like got a lot more money for this like new contract because they were just like this is so genius. We have to keep her, and I really love what she's done with the brand. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's, yeah, I mean, she's always been a visionary. It's just like, it's the way that she's sort of like taken everything we thought we knew about Diet Coke, thrown it out the window and sort of presented us more with like a mirror through which we can see our reflection in a Diet Coke. Do you know what I mean? Do you think that they'll also give her control over Coke Zero or is that like a different team? That might be a different team. They might give that to Linda Evangelista. Mm-hmm. But anyway, congrats, Kate. Not to take it down, but another sad a, a sad story that you added to the mix was the don't blame me. The maker of Instapot yeah. has filed for bankruptcy. Well, this one was hits you personally. I love the Instapot. It's a pressure cooker plus plus plus, and I use it all the time. It makes like creating tender meats, stews, sauces that you would otherwise have to like spend all day simmering. You could do it in like less than an hour. It's incredible. And it actually tastes better, I think. Something about the pressure like forces the flavors to like go into the meat maybe. I don't know. Anyway, the maker of Instapot has declared bankruptcy. That's sad. Does that mean, I mean, should you buy up some backup Instapots? Like, do you think that there's a good alternative? Is there another brand that does pressure cookers? Well, here's the thing, is that they're not, they're not, that they file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, but uh, this is uh, technically, I guess, considered the reorganization bankruptcy. So this uh, is according to the New York Times, but that this will allow the company to secure um, mm. $132 million in funding and restructure. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, they just, like, get money for, like, having a bad business. Should we file for bankruptcy? <laughs> Think of what we could do with the pod if we filed for bankruptcy. Um, yeah, so this is, like, billionaire bankruptcy where it's, like, they actually just give you money or something. <laughs> and apparently the reason why the company failed is because... It was You're not as influential as No, is that it was it was too good of a product. 
because, quote, you mean they couldn't keep up with demand? No, it just means that there's no reason you have to ever replace it. So you only buy one and then you never buy into the company again. (sighs) See, don't you hate that, though? That's what's wrong with like modern like capitalism. And they like made too much money during the pandemic that then they couldn't sustain that growth. It's called, isn't it called like planned obsolescence? It probably is. They make, you know, they make like iPhones that will, they know will only last you two years so that you'll have to come back and buy another one. Well, I mean, I guess, yeah, it's like the the Instapot is just too good of a product. It's like they should, they should take a page from the iPhone, I guess, and just like make it break after two years. No, they shouldn't. Because that's why we're having this. That's why we're having this. No, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Okay. What else do we have? Well, Gaga is not impressing anyone right now. More in the month of Pride, she apparently she was getting roasted last week because she came out with a migraine. SpawnCon. SpawnCon. Because I I bet she does have migraine. I'm I mean not surprised. She she's a very hard worker. She has uh she's an Academy Award winning actress. She's a legendary pop star. She is mother. She is um Haas Haas Labs. You know she had to rebrand immediately after it launched which is a headache in and of itself exactly yeah so she needed her nerd tech and she got paid to tell people about it and um she did it during pride and she which would have been i think fine had she posted some sort of support for her you know lgbtqia uh supporters which she did not. She was noticeably silent. Yeah, it's just a weird... It's like it's weird when someone like Lady Gaga, who kind of feels anti-establishment, even though I guess she's never been, but she just feels like someone who like says what's on her mind and is like a free thinker, um, literally does a post where she has to include all the like weird pharmaceutical like disclaimers and start the post with like Pfizer-sponsored Nutricode partner. And it's just really, it's really weird. We're in this together. If you're ready to speak to a doctor, ask about Nutrik OTD today. Um, individual results may vary, prescription only. Nutrik OTD is for the acute treatment of migraine and the preventative treatment of episodic migraine in adults. Select safety information. It's like literally stuff like that. It's just like, it's weird. She's so weird. Here's my question. With the writer's strike happening in Hollywood, why don't brands have better copy right now? Like, I feel like there's so many writers out of work that they could be writing better copy for Lady Gaga's, like, spawn, like migraine spawn con. Like, that, that could have sounded way more authentic, you know? It could have gone yeah. over much better, I think. No, you're probably right. I mean, I think that writers are just... I, I uh, Some writers that I'm friends with are just now sort of, like, I think, real, not realizing, but just now starting to, like, figure out other jobs because it's been going on long enough. It's clear that there's not, like, a very quick path to resolution so I know some writers are looking into like reality TV opportunities like unscripted production opportunities you, so like you would that, like that's not writing, writing in them, well, well no well you're not writing you're like well, it's like story editor for unscripted is not considered writing I guess really yeah per the WGA yeah unscripted okay. it's not yeah so but anyway like people I mean what that's crazy about the writer strike is you know it it's obviously dis, you know, 99% of writers in the WGA, and that's a fact, and you can, you can fact check me on that, 99% of writers in the WGA like, do not make money, do not make enough money to like, really live. And it's like the 1% of like, 
you know, the people who created Friends and things like that who, like, are set for life given their careers in writing. So I think mm-hmm. you have to think about the fact that, like, if you're not allowed to work, yeah, sure, like, the the people who created Friends are going to be fine and just, like, you know, practice other hobbies like ceramics. But for most people, you literally can't, imagine, like, just not being able to like, I don't know, how, how do you pay rent? How do you pay for your kid's school if you don't have, like, a ton of savings? And if you do have good savings, it's already been going on for, like, six or eight weeks. So, like, how much long like, How long can you, like, deplete your savings for? So you have to, like, it's, like, not really, it doesn't feel to me like rule-bending or breaking because you have to find another way to, like, make a living while the union's fighting for you or the guild, I guess. I know, it's really fucked up, like, I, I know I, I understand the concept of striking, but it feels like they're they're the only ones suffering. I mean, it's in this economy with the fl- inflation. Yeah, after the COVID, fat the fat cats like, the fat cats at the studios aren't and the streamers aren't suffering. No, I think that they wanted this, and they obviously do want it because they're not making like an effort to end it, right? I guess they like have banked enough content. I don't know. We're we're again we're out of our depth. Let's let's bring it back. Um, so, um... Save it for arts and culture. Yeah, exactly. So, this is a a bit of a scary piece of news. Uh, this is a, a post on classaction.org, which is from last year, but still feels... I would say this is good news. This still feels relevant, even though it's from a year ago. The maker of Oral-B Glide Dental Floss, Procter & Gamble faces a class action lawsuit that alleges it has failed to disclose to consumers that the product likely contains forever chemicals, including Teflon. They were literally coating their floss in Teflon to make it slide between your teeth easier. But do, you, do you know what the irony is there? Is that you don't want... And I learned this from my new dentist, Dr. Linda Siegel. Shout out Casey Wilson, who referred me to her. Um, that you actually want dental floss that's harder to glide that you don't want the glide the glide basically like glides around plaque essentially and you want toothier rougher floss to actually get in the crevices and to like get the flaw get the plaque off your teeth my liter- my dentist literally gave me like mini mini pipe cleaners to get in between my yeah teeth. that's like what you kind of want to use so it's actually like you know the gliding is it might feel nice but it's not doing anything but I'm like justice for people who don't floss, though, because you guys kind of had the right idea. Maybe. Just saying. I don't know. Um, the thing that she did, my de- I saw my dentist yesterday, so it's fresh in my mind. The thing that she did say that we could use are uh, the floss picks, not the ones that have like a little piece of floss that with like a little handle, but it's actually just, it's like, imagine those, but just the handle. So it's just like a straight pointy little like spear essentially that fit and she was like those are really good and actually like strengthen your gums because you like put them in between your teeth like throughout the day you can do it after lunch whenever and that actually helps the prevention of plaque uh prevent plaque too so there's that okay yeah take care of your teeth (sighs) yeah expensive i'm just i'm 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 mostly focused on straightening them and whitening them my teeth are my as as everyone if you have a long time listening of this pod i've my teeth are too big for my mouth and they're very crowded so I can't really I do have to have um like flossing is hard for me it is something it is one of the things I struggle with in life I just don't have a lot of space between my teeth oh really yeah I mean do you, I when I I see people that have actual like 
like you were just talking about you can fit that spear between your teeth. Yeah. I can't do that. Well, have you tried? Yeah. And it just yeah, won't, it I tried won't the pipe fit? cleaners. The pipe cleaners only fit between the tops, like right by my gum. So I'm like constantly. What, like, is, what like, does your dentist say about this? Um, I don't know because I don't really go. <laughs> I, don't, like, <laughs> I, I every time I go to the dentist, they just they just are like, all right, and they like put their gloves on. They're like, we're gonna be here for a while because they know they have to like do a deep clean because I'm gonna be back in like three oh, years. There's nothing I hate more um, than a de- than a than a dental cleaning with like that scraping. Sa- okay. But anyway. you know what? I didn't. I never Oof. had a cavity until like two years ago. That's so. interesting because usually I feel like it's the opposite. Like I didn't, I had, a, I had cavities when I was a little kid, but I haven't had one in 20 years. Oh. Maybe you are Benjamin Buttoning or something. Mm. Other news that we missed. What is the quadruped craze? Did you see the video I sent you of the one? Yeah, I don't like get it. On all fours? So, so I went, I went down a weird rabbit hole on Instagram and there's a new, um, like fitness, a niche fitness movement where people are (laughs) training themselves to walk on all fours. So if you remember, there was a weird, like, human interest story about the, like, feral child that grew up, that was raised by wolves, and she, like, walked on all fours. I think you're thinking of the movie Nell, starring Jodie Foster. (laughs) I don't think this is a true story. There's not a true story about a quote unquote feral child who was raised by wolves. No, guess what? Wolves cannot raise people. I know the readers are listening, and they know exactly what she was blonde. She she. This is a movie that starred Jodie Foster. Well, Well, clearly, it was based on a true story. I'm looking this up. Anyway, um, people, I would say, are probably like a fringe section of like probably the like liver king community if you know liver king and they they just they've been trained themselves to walk on all fours like a fucking like they they almost like if you see lion king on broadway like those puppeteers like the way that they you know yeah it's like that but it's creepy and i just imagine like walking outside of my neighborhood seeing like (laughs) some guy like literally running like a like a cheetah on all fours. That's what they do. And then I sent you that weird video of that girl that was like scaling a, a railing, like a pole on all fours. And, and it's supposed to be like, good for your body or your joints or something? I don't know why they do it. Well, they I saw, I did see, core. yeah, I did see some TikToks of like uh, day one of like only walking on all fours. You know, people like do like, they're doing like 50 days of just walking on all fours. I mean, listen, I do bet your, like, shoulders are pretty are pretty good af- after, like, you know, two months of doing that. But why, why do people do this? They, like, they convince themselves that the way that we've evolved is not right. And they're, they're like, working against literally, like, human nature, like, the, the nature of the universe that created us to be bipedal. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, at the same time, I'm all for, you know, keeping your body always guessing you know what i mean and this so like i feel body like modification yeah but i just think that like you know it is if you're always doing a different exercise or a different movement like in pilates or whatever exercise you do like i feel like it's actually really good for your body so probably doing one you know one of your five exercises a week is is scaling buildings on all fours or like you know whatever you want to do quadding or whatever it's called then i kind of feel like it's probably good but my question is, like, would your Apple Watch log that as steps? 
That's a great... Or was your aura ring? Yeah, there's a We're question. We're an aura ring community over here. Okay, well, speaking of, can we talk about the tenaissance? What is that? Okay, the tenaissance is a word I just came up with, and that is tennis is going to be taking over because... Say more. I personally have recently made tennis my whole personality, and I played for the first time the other day, and it was good. So I, it was truly one of the posit- only positive things in my life right now. Is, pick, is, pickle, <laughs> is, is pickleball, like, what is pickleball Why does everybody bring up pickleball when I want to talk about tennis? Because I feel like pickleball has become people's personalities, and I just wanted to know the difference. Who would want to base their whole personality off after something called pickleball? I, I was just going to say that if, we, if we're going to, as a culture, like, lean into pickleball, we definitely need a better name for it. Like that's why like ping pong is a dumb uh, is a dumb term, but you're like oh a table tennis, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. That was I feel like that was a really expensive advertising agency like that helped ping pong come up with table tennis. No, it was just like a snotty person that really liked ping pong that didn't want to admit it. But okay, yeah. so tennis is similar to tape to pickleball. Oh, have you not? Do you have you? Do you want me to explain tennis to you? I know tennis not is really. a sport where it's it's been around for a long <laughs> for what decades, centuries. It's still similar it, to badminton. It, it, have you ever tennis seen has been a, tennis has been a, been around for at least a few years. Continue. The reason I bring it up is because one, like I said, it's my whole personality. Two, have you seen the trailer for Challengers, the new Zendaya movie? No. Nick, you have to watch it. Oh, is this the threesome? Yes, but it's not really about it. I thought I thought it was about a throuple too. It's not. It's about it's it's a love triangle. So Zendaya plays a young like tennis prodigy that um, meets these two best friends, these two guys. Oh, directed by uh, Luca Guadagnino, who directed Call Me by Your Name. Well, there you go. So this is his next big thing, and I have to say I haven't been so excited about a movie in a very long time. Mm, the trailer really—you have to watch the trailer, Nick. It is. I will. Anyway, so people, I think, are in. You know, tennis is like tennis is. Back. I'm, I'm calling it now. You know, I think like people haven't cared about tennis for a long time. <laughs> no, but like <laughs> because I, mean, I personally haven't cared about tennis, <laughs> but now that I do, I notice that other people might start caring. Well, like I, like I never understood like when tennis stars would become kind of like pop culture famous, like Andy Roddick. Remember Andy Roddick or Roger Federer? Like I understood uh, Venus and Serena because, like, they're sisters and they have like this incredible story, the King George of it all, and they're like all their ventures and like their amazing sort of triumph they brought um, fashion to the court exactly like i understand that but like then i'd be like roger federer like who is this person and then it would just turn out to be a tennis star and i'm like really, really? like i didn't know people yeah. cared about tennis do you remember the guy andre agassi who was like, yes unhinged yeah. yeah i think it's gonna be another tennis a tennis sense. like i think it's gonna be like andre agassi era where you're gonna see like tennis really dating really pop culture got it got it got it yeah okay 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 you heard it here first. Not, not just like app founders. Like, you know, Serena kind of, or no, Venus. No, no Serena, Serena is married to married Alex to, Ohanian. Which is like. Co-founded Reddit. I mean, listen, I love Reddit like anyone, but 
I love their love, though. Did you watch that documentary, that several-part HBO documentary on Serena? This is not this is not a um, criticism on their love by any means. I'm no, no, saying. I just love their relationship. It is not Andre Agassi, um, Brooke Shields, you know. No, true. So you're just talking more about like the cross. Like we need like rock stars dating. Te- you know, like we need. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, a- a- Anna Kornikova, Enrique Iglesias. Ingl- there we go. There we go. Okay, so <laughs> keep keep watching. Do we have any other big beauty stories that we've glossed over that we need to address? Well, there's another trailer that's like beauty adjacent that we should talk about, Barbie? which is no. We haven't Sophia talked Coppola about Barbie at all. We haven't. No, I don't really care. Do you want to? No, I don't care either. Okay, continue. I mean, this movie, when a movie is hyped for months and months, it's and too months much. And months it's and too years, much. And just like I, I, at this point, I thought it came out. I know, and like there's like five trailers. And it's like Margot Robbie is very charming, but when you stretch it out this long, it kind of wears thin. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like yeah. her charm only goes so far. And now you're like, okay, I get it. It's like all pink. It's like very art directed. I understand. Like, I get that, like, she's like a, you know, she like is learning how to be, you know, operate in like the real world or something. I just like hope it's funnier than the previews <laughs> lead me to believe. Right. Well, so I think that we're going to, we're, we're teed up, we're set up for what I'm, fingers crossed, is going to be another Marie Antoinette level Sofia Coppola movie, and that is Priscilla, based on Priscilla Presley's autobiography. And this is the one with Jacob Elordi yes. as Elvis? As Elvis. That's a Sofia Coppola movie? Exactly. Are you I didn't sure? know this either until the trailer came out. Nick, would I lie? Have I ever gotten anything wrong in this podcast? <laughs> oh my god, you're right. It is so. And I, I mean, I was a, I was a young teen when Marie Antoinette came out, and that was major. That was a defining. I wasn't era even alive. I think millennial. What? I'm kidding. <laughs> Marie Antoinette. Um, wow. Okay, it's an A24 film based on Priscilla Presley's 1985 memoir, Elvis and Me. And you're right, Jacob Elordi and Kaylee Spaney, who's from Mayor of Easttown. And wow, that is, yeah, that will actually be very, I didn't realize that this was a um, Sofia Coppola production. It's looking a little, I, and, I, and I've seen this criticism of, of a lot of movies and like drama, TV dramas, like high production film is it looks very dark, which worries me. Because if you think back to like Marie dark Antoinette, in tone like or dark in color, like literally, like in dark in, in color, in like in tone visuals, of the actual the film. <laughs> got it, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which worries me. Which worries me when I put my marketing my marketing hat on and I think about screenshotting you know, it, gonna putting want it on Instagram, screenshotting it on Instagram. Yep, exactly. Bingo. I'm like, I don't know if it's gonna do well. You're gonna have to up that brightness and that contrast. They're, they are so have to well. Can I actually say one other thing that is really interesting that I'm so happy that I thought of? So, Casey and I, for the longest time, have been watching everything on TV with captions on, and I just sort of thought in my own head that like I was getting old, that like I just couldn't, like I needed captions. 
um, for everything. Reality TV, you know, like... Because you non- literally couldn't hear. Because I like, couldn't hear or, like, something mm-hmm. was happening where, like, I was just, like, I, I want to, like, be able to be able to read it and see it because I, like, was missing things or we'd have to, like, rewind. Anyway, for years, I thought I'm the only one. There was an article... Uh, this was in The Atlantic, and the article is called, Why is Everyone Watching TV with the Subtitles On? It's Not Just You. Do you ever, like, feel so seen by by an article? And so I'm like, oh, my God, it's not just me. And essentially, uh, in a 2022 internal Roku survey, 58% of subscribers use subtitles. Roku. Well, that's but like they but they no, it said 36% do so because of a diagnosed hearing impairment, while 32% do so from habit. Many of the people using subtitles in other words do not need them, says the writer Devin Gordon. And what's interesting, and this is, I'm just literally going to read the Instagram caption, but the problem of hearing dialogue isn't with the people or their television sets, uh, according to one sound mixer that they interview. It has everything to do with the streaming services and how they're choosing to air these shows. For years, going back to the golden age of broadcast television and into the pay cable era, audio engineers had had to deliver sound levels within an industry standard LKFS, whatever, or their work would get kicked back to them. But now, I guess, all that changed when streaming companies seized control of the industry and they didn't have any regulations on like industry standards for sound mixing. Hence mm-hmm. why, like, everything sounds different. Some things are louder, some things are quieter. Like, dialogue you can never hear. And there's so there's an actual reason why we're all listening to things it. with subtitles. This is something I wanted to talk about, too, and this kind of leads into that. I watched Rosemary's Baby for the first time last night. And I know there's going to be a lot of people out there that are like, how can you say that you appreciate anything? Film, hair, Mia Farrow, eyelashes, shift dresses, and you've never seen Rosemary's Baby. Um, one of the worst movies of all time. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Why? Like, is there like a text chain like dating back to like whenever this fucking movie came out where everybody just like conspired to pretend that this was like, let's, let's like pull a fast one on everyone. And- What's your biggest gripe? It is. Visually, it's visual vomit. It's um, it's it's just so cheap looking. The fabrics are cheap. The set. I mean, the the apartment itself that they film it in is is really interesting. I think that's well done. But everything else is just like um, there's a scene. Sorry, spoiler alert if you haven't seen Rosemary's Baby. But there's um, there's a scene where there's a sex scene where she's um, basically having sex, Mia Farrow is having sex with a demon and the demon looks like, um, it's camp. It's pure camp. So you need to go into Rosemary's baby. Like knowing that it's I I was thinking it would be like, like, you know, the exorcist or, um, what's another like old man. (laughs) I mean, it's literally like, like it's, it's like Hitchcock, but not serious. Uh, it's just it's very it's very cheap plasticky it's overacted it's um the demon sorry back to the demon the the makeup on him was just it it it, it the whole movie feels like student film um, what's interesting is that uh it's been claimed that alfred hitchcock was first offered the chance to direct the film but he declined um and then roman polanski did it it 
truly. And then Mia Farrow won, I believe, the Academy Award for her role. And I think that she is singular in being able, I think that she definitely did something very unique, but the like continental accent, the, the over, everything was like overacted and it just like didn't, it didn't flow well together. The, the actors, the one person I thought did a really interesting job was her neighbor who plays like a, a witch, like head of this like cult. It's this older woman who I guess was like an actress from like the thirties. And this was like one of her like last roles. She was, did a really funny job. She was like a like a Upper East Sider, like like an old timer Upper East Side lady that wore like too much makeup and um, was really like crass and and rude. Um, she she was funny, but the movie is like funny campy. I thought it was one of the greatest horror. It's I thought it was supposed to be one of the greatest horror movies of all time. It is absolutely not. That's so interesting. It's like watching. It's like watching like an old like 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 cheesy sitcom is it just because the effects weren't weren't good the effects the acting the story the editing the like everything which is well if you even like the the dream sequences that are supposed to be like surreal and like scary it it is just so it doesn't work i would i couldn't i was waiting for it to get better and then two and a half hours later however long like i was like I can't believe I stayed up past midnight for this. Um, if anyone wants to slide into our DMs to defend Rosemary's Baby, we will. Um, Don't, because you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. You know what? I'll 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 say that we'll read a we'll read a very well um, thought through defense on oh. air next week. All that is to say, there was no subtlety behind it. So I guess what I'm saying is, I noticed maybe it was also like the stark contrast in the, what we were just talking about with like the weird subtleties of like the darkness visually mm-hmm. in, in movies and dramas now and and then like the sound quality like it was everything about rosemary's baby was very heavy-handed very bright very loud very um so mm. there's that okay um okay. my one last arts and culture <laughs> my one last <laughs> arts and culture um thing is everyone needs to watch the new john early hbo comedy special it's called now more than ever and it is i would i rarely lol and i was really loling it is part sort of like mockumentary and then obviously part john early's stand-up uh, he's a comedian he was in search party um and he's just so funny and there's like throwaway lines that were just making me uh, really go crazy and laugh. And he sings a few songs, like he has a full band. And at first you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch him sing because he's like not, you know, classically or technically that good of a singer. But as this special kind of goes on, you kind of like are rooting for him more and more until, I don't want to give it away, but like the last song, he just kind of like kills it. And you're like, oh my God, like, I don't know. It like brings you on a, you go on a journey and it really pays off in the end. So I really recommend watching John Early's comedy special on HBO. Okay. I love that. I love a comedy special. I really, really, really do. John Mulaney. Any John. John Mulaney, period. Um, We we do do? have a follow-up. Oh, go. We do have a follow-up just quickly now. We had a little, um, not a debate, but we... Thought, thought out loud together about the gender categories and award shows. And mm-hmm. coincidentally, at the Tony Awards, two non-binary actors won 
awards. And they both submitted for the category of best actor and best supporting actor. Love that. Um, and they chose that because one of them, and their names are Jay Harrison Gee and Alex Newell. One won for, let's see, Gee won for lead actor for their performance as Jerry slash Daphne in Some Like It Hot. Hmm. And Newell, Alex Newell, won for her... Shucked. Sorry. Won, won for their role as Lulu in Shucked. And uh, I believe it was Alex Newell that said that they submitted for actor based on, like, the English language because they say everybody's an actor, so it's not a gendered I role. love that. So way to so go. So there's our answer. There's our answer. People are just going to choose to put themselves up for a nomination in the category that they feel most characterizes well, that's, their... Well, that's the answer now, but does yeah. that mean, like, in the future... There's just going to be actor. Category. Well, we only have six more years, so I guess we okay. have. <laughs> stay tuned. Uh, my, you know what my te- you know what my therapist always says? Can you tolerate it? <laughs> Can we tolerate it for six more years? Oh. These gendered categories. Um, okay, it's time for product of the week. Okay, my product of the week, though I cannot, I think I might be out of it, which is always a good sign with products of the week. Is um, mm-hmm. my product of the week is liposomal. Magnesium. I might be pronouncing that wrong, but do you know those little packets, like foil packets, with Same that way. you can buy that have vitamin C in them, and it's they kind of come out as like a bit of a goo. You can buy them in like health food stores. Um, they're like sing- single serving packets. They also make no, these I'm packets, which is I guess it's the way that it's delivered, which is liposomal um, uh, of magnesium. And this is magnesium that you take at night um, in a little bit of water. You squeeze a packet into the water, and it you get the most restful sleep you've ever had. Well, apparently, a lot of people are deficient in magnesium in general, but, but what, it what, helps what relax. It's a it's it's just like a good it's a good mineral. Is it a mineral? <laughs> it I don't know. I just googled it. It's a well, it's definitely a chemical element. So there's that. It says magnesium is a cofactor. What the so fuck is a cofactor? I uh, magnesium L threonate is the is the product that I take, and again, it's liposomal magnesium L threonate. The brand that I like is Lipospheric, and uh, apparently, this is the only mm-hmm. version of magnesium that can cross the blood brain barrier, or whatever it's called. Um, and it's just good. It's good for your brain, but it also, I think is just one of those kind of like, it it just like helps to sort of relax your body. Um, because I also know that, you know, that drink that people take called calm C A L M that like they dissolve in water. That's basically magnesium. Um, Epsom salts are a version, a, a type of magnesium, and that's good for like relaxing muscles. So like, it's just one of those, it's, it's a natural sort of like relaxant. The packets that I use are by... And what's the brand called again for these packets? Live On Labs, Lipo, L-Y-P-O, Spheric. And you take one every night. I'm going to grab mine. I do not recommend the Symbiotica liposomal magnesium because I took the Symbiotica one um, and you feel so hungover the next morning. I, I mean, I felt so hungover that I could barely function. There's just too much, too much of a good thing. 
But the Live On Labs liposomal is great. And you just like get a really, really, really restful sleep. That's what it ha- that's how it helped me. Um, but there's all sorts of other claims that you can um, investigate if you're interested with taking magnesium. It can be good for cognition, memory, reducing brain fog, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Love that. Um, check with your doctor. Don't blame us. Um, my product of the week is a facial moisturizer that is unlike any that I've ever tried. And I'm, I'm a little worried. Do I always just recommend a facial moisturizer? I feel like this is the one, though. This is the one. In fact, I immediately texted front of the pod Alexis page and I was like have you tried this you like need to go out and buy it it's like very interesting to me um and it's by a Japanese brand sorry oh yeah why you they make a really good hair pomade that was like popular yeah um I remember using their like body cream like back in the into the gloss days and I was like "Eh, it's okay I didn't go back and buy it again um, but this is their, this is a new product by theirs and it is their, it's called their advanced formula, pure hydration cream. It's fragrance free, no parabens, it has chamomile extract. Um, and it's a constant, they describe it as a concentrated glycerin moisturizer. So if you love the effects of glycerin, yeah. but hate using well, a glycerin yeah. serum, which yep. I do because it's so like oily, like the buy it, like, you know, how, mu- how much it, is it, it and where can you buy well. it? You, you, everybody just needs to go out and get this fucking moisturizer. It's so. You can good. probably buy it on Amazon. <clears throat> I got it at um, Co Bigelow. Um, I'm sure you can get it anywhere. It's not expensive, um, and you use it just like all, you can use it on your lips as like a lip balm. You can use it on, on your fingers. It is like the texture of like it's like a little bit thinner than you know what they. I read I read on their website. It's like or maybe it was on their box, but it's, it's almost like, um, petroleum jelly, I think, but they have like a different way of mixing it that Got it. produces a, like a Does it have version. petroleum in and it? So it's like a white petroleum jelly texture, but then it absorbs glycerin's the first ingredient, high hydrogenated okay. co-glycerides, polysorbate. No, this is the moisturizing anyway, skin cream. It's you said? like, it almost feels like something that you would, um, what do people call it? Slug with? Pure hydration cream. Pure hydration cream. And it comes in a little tube. It looks like it looks like not a lot of product, but you don't need, you only need like a little pea size amount for your whole face. And I just like, I've been using it every every day. It absorbs so well. It just really like cocoons your skin. Oh, it's so good. Okay, buying it's so it fucking I've never right felt the texture like this before. It's so good, you guys. I'm actually jealous. I, I wanted to keep it yeah, the evil the evil part of me, the evil person that the evil product developer wanted to keep it a secret and like go to and then and go to Japan because I'm going in September and like try to like make it for myself. And it's only and, like, eighteen dollars a it. tube, and you can buy it on their website. That's how evil I am. That's how much I love this. I wanted to profit off of this other company's like hard work. I literally, you say something. I I just I just yeah. Uh, you guys should I go do that before it. I. Try to rip them off. Yeah. Yeah. I am very excited. Um, that was our episode this week. Follow us on Patreon. We're doing lots of exciting things at patreon.com slash eyewitnessbeauty. We are produced, as always, by the one and only 
Wes Haas. And our theme music is by Daniel Presant, and our album art is by Simon Abronowitz. And we will be back next week with a brand new episode. Bye, guys. Bye. Love you.